it's our favourite naturopath, Peter. Welcome back to the show and very exciting because I get to host the show with you. Yeah, how, ex- how exciting. Very exciting. Moving forward, you and I. Mark's been retired. So Mark, I'm... you know, we, we're, we're giving <laughs> him this some show, more time. Yeah. Oh, no, together. he's still here, thank goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, for, for, this, for this show, he gets to listen, which he's very excited about as well. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> what are we chatting about today? Look, it's it's... One of those things, like we've all started diets before and thought, right, this is it. Mm. Come Monday, I'm going to be so good. But then, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon, we sort of cave and have that last bit of chocolate in the fridge or whatever. Heck so yes. I thought we'd talk today a bit about rather than think diet's got to be, you know, perfectly strict from the start, you can start by making some healthy swaps. Okay. Peter, you're giving us some realistic advice on how to, uh, I guess it's kickstart, not a diet, but if we're wanting to lose weight, a lot of people are in my boat where we just can't at the moment. We've put on some weight since COVID and can't for the life of us get rid of it. We're good for a couple of days and we might have a bit of a blowout and we're back to square one. Yeah, look, I think there's a a lot of reasons why that happens. And um, one of the things I've sort of come across is most times, if you think back to the time in your life where you were successful at losing weight, you often started off with a really strict diet. Yes. You were at the point where you couldn't stand the side of yourself. You just knew it was come hell or high water, you were just going to stick to this diet. Yep. And um, I always say that if you if you want to get into fat burning, you need to start off with a two-week really strict plan that flips that switch in your brain, and then it's easy to stay on the plan. Okay. But if you don't do that two weeks super strict, if you do three days really strict and then day four have a muffin to celebrate how good you've gone, yeah. you've taken yourself back out of fat burning. You know, maybe that's the problem because I keep approaching it going, I want to do slow and steady because that's how I ended up yeah. losing weight before. But you're right, I did start strong last yeah. time around. There was a if couple of weeks where I was really good. Really, a really good point to get clear about is what's called maintenance. Mm. And at the moment, you're on a maintenance plan. Your weight's staying the same. Maintenance are being a bit, bit chubby. <laughs> well, you're maintaining where you are. <laughs> I'm doing that very well. Do you know what I mean? So you're yeah. in maintenance. You're not, okay. in fat, you're not in fat burning. Yeah. So we need to get our bodies into to fat get, burning. Yeah. To get your body to burn fat for a fuel, it doesn't really like to do that. Okay. It, like, it would prefer to burn sugar. And, you know, the whole reason supposedly that we put fat on or turn excess carbs and f- calories into fat is that we've got a reserve there for when there's a food shortage. But unfortunately, that our biology or physiology, we don't come across many famines these days. So to get into it, so there's two, two phases, maintenance. And if you're stopping and starting and getting frustrated, yeah. it's because you're more in maintenance. And that's what's happening. You haven't the body tilted tricks us. into fat burning. And when you're in fat burning, it's a lot easier to stay in fat burning once you've done that first two weeks because you're in the zone then. And people will know what I'm talking about. When you're in the zone... It's easy. You don't crave sugar. You don't crave alcohol. Like you just feel like you're motivated. You've got yeah, energy. You're, you're looking at what everyone else is eating and say, "Oh my god, they're so disgusting." And you know, How the week do we before, do that, the though? week before, you know, we were eating the same thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> to if if you want to get into fat burning, you do have to. I always think you have to find a plan. Make it easy for yourself. Even write down a two week meal plan if you've lost weight in the past. Look back at when you've been most successful and look at what you actually ate. Mm. Maybe write down a meal plan for two weeks. Pick a date now, probably after Easter. Pick a date when you're going to start and then start to build up a sense of excitement about finally I'm going to get back into fat burning. So that when you come to it, willpower will get you through that first two weeks. Okay. So keep in mind, willpower only lasts two weeks. Does it? Yeah. (sighs) So that's why you've you've got to be strict for that two weeks to really flip that switch and be in the zone. Okay. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. So you're, you're going to give us some tips on just some, uh, you know, pre-adjustments to make. So before we go into that hardcore two weeks, because Easter's still a few weeks away, we're just looking at some things we could pretty much change instantly that aren't going to be radical. And that's a good way to sort of just speak to your unconscious a little bit is start to get yourself ready now for when you do that two-week strict period so that you're looking forward to it. So, you know, so many times, and we, we see a lot of kids, and getting kids to eat healthy can be a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and often, you know, the, the attempts go a bit like this. Like mum cooks a new meal. Um, the kids throw a tanty. Mum throws a tanty. Tears all around. Food gets tossed in the bin, and out <laughs> comes the frozen pizza. So mum thinking that she's made this beautiful, healthy meal, and basically no one likes it. So... After a couple of nights like this, the new health diet falls in the too hard basket and gets forgotten until next time. So there's a concept called um, crowding out the crap. And what's interesting is most of us eat two to three breakfasts, three to four lunches, seven to ten main meals. Okay. We're not as varied as we think. Okay. So this idea is that in preparation. That's per, per, always, like constantly. Over a week. Oh, okay, yeah. yep, yep, yep. All right. Yeah, if you think, would you say the same? Yeah, probably would. Yeah, actually. breakfast. You haven't got a hundred breakfasts you choose from. No, You've got two or couple. three. Yeah, yeah. Lunches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. About maybe four, a few more. Four or five. And then dinner. Do you have similar things during the week each week? Yeah, yeah. My husband's the cook. He's a great cook. But yeah, we've got our staples definitely that yeah. we go back to. So the idea of um, making healthy swaps is think about what you're already feeding the kids and the family yep. and substitute stuff in, and that's what we're going to talk about today. What some of the good substitutes are. So. This is preparation for you to get into fat burning to do your strict two-week plan. But this is also awesome because we start to tidy the, the kitchen up, the fridge up, and the kids will get healthier because we're crowding out the crappy foods with healthy foods and they won't even know they've been hoodwinked. Okay, that sounds really, really That's good. And, and, yeah, <laughs> and that morphs to the whole family unit, obviously. Health and well-being with Peter Mullen. And we're talking about healthy swaps, so things that we can substitute in as opposed to what we're currently eating to help, you know, kickstart that um, healthy eating plan. We're looking at kids and breakfast, although this can morph to adults as well. Yeah, breakfast absolutely. can be tricky. Yeah, absolutely. So what? What? So just alternatives like kids' breakfast cereals traditionally are packed with you know, buzzwords like added calcium, protein, and iron, although they are often very high in sugar. You know, mm. sugar often is one of the highest listed ingredients in the product and devoid of many nutrients that are lost in the processing. So that's kind of why for breakfast cereals, we need to give them something that we're going to actually add some nutrition back in. Yeah, um, so okay. porridge can be great, nutritious alternative. Um, you can boost the nutrient content further by adding things like grated apple, cinnamon, dates, bananas, and that often, or berries, and that often makes it a bit sweeter as well. Yeah. Because remember, yep. we want to try and not give our kids too many straight or refined sugars. Um, you can also add some coconut oil or even grass-fed butter for some good fat. So you can make a nice porridge. Okay. If um, You can also do things like chia puddings. So obviously, you know, they, these can take a little while just to get in the swing of, but chia puddings, excellent source of good fats, fiber, protein, other nutrients. And um, when our kids were little, we'd make them with cacao and we'd put a little bit of maple syrup on them as well. So that sweet component. Sweet always does help to, you know, get the kids in a little bit. Makes the medicine go down. (laughs) Makes the medicine go down. So we might do that with some coconut and blueberries as a breakfast or even as an afternoon snack after school. And that's quite filling. Yeah. Yeah. And cheese seeds are a wonderful source of fiber as well. And then birch and muesli. 
um, again, nutritious alternative soaked overnight. And there's lots of um, recipes for that. I do love birch and muesli out of all of those. I think that's my fave. Yeah, and it's just getting in the swing of it, you know, soaking it overnight, having the ingredients there to make it. Um, and we were talking about other breakfast suggestions can be things like eggs. Yep. You know, like a nice omelette made with um, um, maybe some tomato and mushrooms and then with a quarter of an avocado rather than have toast with it as well. So kids can have eggs. Um, as adults, you and I were talking about making up a smoothie, and that's what I tend to have for breakfast. And we do um, that time-restricted eating where we'll have our smoothie about 10.30. Okay. Not going to work for the kids, but for adults it definitely helps you to um, uh, burn up any extra sugar or calories in your system from so the night before. in your smoothies, you know, are you putting strawberries, blueberries, that sort of thing? Is it fruit-based or do you go uh, green smoothies? I, I do. I do. Um, like a, a protein powder, collagen protein powder, unsweetened almond milk, uh, raw cacao, chia seeds, probiotic, and water. Oh, my God. And sometimes I'll throw some frozen berries in as well. Okay. But, hmm. So quite filling. What about those other swaps? There's so many things that you can buy now that's packaged, muesli bars, etc. that yeah. kids want to grab out of the cupboard when they come home. What, what's the alternatives for these things? Well, the challenge is still... You know, and I know everyone's sort of got issues around time and being time poor, but, you know, making your own muesli bars, get the kids involved where you can be in control of the amount of honey that you use in their nut mix. And you can wrap them up, make them a nut bar and wrap it up in a bit of, you know, um, paper or brown paper bag and they can have that as a snack at morning tea. Um, And then you've got your fruit, obviously, as well. And then things like um, homemade bliss balls or protein balls. Yep that, you know, have all the goodness in it. You just have to obviously be careful with your school if they're not free, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Any other alternatives we need to be mindful of? Uh, we'll get onto that in the last section, but just a couple of things. Sandwiches for lunch, like for, for kids particularly, um, sandwiches is just easy. Yeah. You know, white bread sandwich with margarine and Vegemite. Um, white bread has pretty much no nutrition to it. Margarine I don't think is good. I'd rather people use real butter. Yep. And I don't think Vegemite is overly healthy. So trying to come up with an alternative, um, buckwheat crackers, a picking plate, you know, like a bento-style picking plate yeah. where there's some cherry tomatoes, some carrot sticks, maybe some Some um, cheese, some cheese. olives, yeah. Yep, we some th- olives. Yep. Okay. All right. So some good ideas there. And we're looking at substituting and things like lollies, that's – my downfall you know the sweet tooth and you said at three o'clock it comes out but you've got some suggestions on how we can overcome you know and sometimes those cravings can be quite severe (laughs) you feel like a monster like you're going to explode unless you get it that's an addiction yeah yeah what um what's interesting is you only have to go without those foods for three to five days have you ever had that experience where just the cravings have just totally gone no, no, okay. yes, I have. I have. It's been a long time. <laughs> that's, but yes. how you, that's how you know you're in the zone is where you're saying to people, I don't even feel like something sweet. So, again, to really get off the sweets, you kind of got to go cold turkey. A bit like, you know, when people cut salt out. Yeah. And then down the track, they have something with salt in it. And, and they say, get, Gee, that's so salty. So you, it can be the same with sugar. And, you know, becoming a sugar detective is a really great starting place for weight management long-term and fat burning particularly is Get familiar with where sugar is and in what form. So, you know, all your processed foods, like have a look at those lollies, the nutrition pack. And if it says carbohydrates, 20 gram per serve, divide that by four and that's how many teaspoons of sugar. Right. Okay. So you start to play around with your mind a little bit and think, okay, I'll have a Mars bar, but 
How many teaspoons of sugar equivalent is that? Well, when we're having that craving for lollies, there's a lot of things um, that you can buy in our sugar-free lollies. Should we be doing that or should we just be trying just to stop it? Yeah, probably not the sugar-free, like if if they've replaced it with other artificial stuff. So white sugar, you might use a little bit of honey. Yep. So if I'm in like a weight loss plan and I'm craving something sweet, I'll have some rice thins with maybe some tahini or nut butter with a little bit of honey. Okay. So it's sort of healthy-ish, but you don't feel like you're you know, going to eat a whole Toblerone bar or whatever. Yes. Um, maple syrup is a good sweetener for kids. It's low-reactive. Um, so, yeah, so there are sugar alternatives. But, again, if you're baking stuff, you just you want to be in control of how much sugar you're using. Um, white rice. I was going to ask because rice goes with everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stir fries, and curries. White rice. White rice doesn't have a lot of nutrition. It's basically starch, and starch is carbohydrates. So white rice, carbohydrates break down to sugar. So if you have brown rice, the fiber or the bran in that slows down the release of that sugar, so you get a slower release of sugar. Same with basmati or wild rice. And we were saying before, you can buy some of the supermarkets now have package of, of or pouch of brown rice and quinoa. Mm. So quinoa is even a bit better because it's sort of higher in protein. So you can have that for your lunch or half of that with a tin of salmon and some avocado chopped up. Um, etc. Pasta. So, you know, some great alternatives. You can get gluten-free pasta. Um, Have you ever tried the zucchini or the vegetable noodles? Yes. They're not bad. Yeah, kids kids tend to like stuff like that if you get them involved maybe in the cooking of it as well. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, Vegetable oil, always use olive oil or coconut oil. That's an easy one. Yeah, and I'm a bit of a fan of don't eat anything that says just vegetable oil because you just don't know where it's come from or the quality. Um, Ice cream, that's a bit of a favourite. So homemade frozen yoghurt, sorbet, blended frozen bananas, you know, with coconut milk. So that's a good swap for ice cream and Nutella, for example, which some people may have. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, uh, Table salt. Always, if you're eating salt, and I don't mind a little bit of salt, I'd always try and get that really good Himalayan sea salt or the Celtic sea salt. So you can sort of see how um, soda, you know, you can make use your, um, you know, those soda streams and make yeah. your own just plain soda water and yeah. maybe put lemon juice in it. Or what's really nice is muddling or squashing up some blueberries, putting in a passion fruit, half a passion fruit, stirring that all up. Just gives it that nice fruit flavor as well. So, pita bread. What's a substitute for bread? Because a lot of us, you know, we rely on that. Sometimes you might have a piece of toast, then you're having a sandwich because it's quick and easy. Well, bread is one of those foods that we probably shouldn't be eating every day. I think um, my favorite bread would be an organic sourdough rye bread. Mm-hmm. You know, when rye, the fiber in rye bread is actually very good for our microbiome. But if you're trying to lose weight. Um, cutting bread out or having bread maybe just on the weekend, um, you'll definitely lose weight quicker. Okay, yeah. So otherwise, like during the week, try and have maybe your protein smoothie, your salmon or chicken and salad for lunch and then meat and veg for dinner. So, And maybe a little bit of brown rice and quinoa, maybe some sweet potato. But otherwise, you're trying to keep those cereals and grains down particularly if you want to get into fat burning. All right. Some good suggestions there. Peter, thank you very much for um, talking us through some, you know, some if we can just adopt a couple to begin with, yeah. it's got to be better than yeah, what absolutely. we're doing. And yeah. it's always good to sort of refresh, have a look in the pantry, see how many numbers you've got in there and have a bit of a re- reorganisation. Right. And if, if mum's on track, then everyone else has got a greater chance of being on track. So Awesome. It's health and wellbeing. And you'll be back same time next week? Same time next week. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>